Buzz, click. The strip lighting went on. Burke was already awake, but the sudden light dazzled him. There must be a reason for switching it on. They'd let him sleep, probably for hours, but now they wanted something from him. Burke stretched, got up, and stretched again. The cell was narrow, much narrower than a single room in any of the living units, but the ceiling was high enough to allow him to stretch comfortably. This wasn't some punishment cell tucked away under the machinery deck. Those cells weren't pleasant at all. This one was on a main level, he guessed, between one of the outer gangways and the shell. He'd had time to learn the layout of the ship. He was still in the civilized world. And sure enough, there was even a small porthole window. He looked out, without expecting to see anything, perhaps just a blur of starlight. The ship was in slide hyperdrive. Its destination, Lemnos, in the Zora system, would still be light years away, and to reach it, they would eventually need to go even faster, putting everyone into transportation pods for a final burst of interstellar high slide. So how did Burke know that the ship was only moving its slide, at normal cruising speed? Because if it wasn't, he would have fragmented into particles long ago. A very messy business, that. Two low-ranking guardians had come for him, both of them women, which was normal enough when it was a serious matter. He confirmed his name and number to them. They had asked him to step outside his living unit, and then some comedian had hit him from behind with a sedative taser. Was that last night, or this morning? On a space flight, concepts like that didn't mean very much. Hours ago, certainly. The bastards! Why use a taser on him? He wouldn't have put up a fight, though in retrospect, feeling the soreness, he would have liked to, because there wouldn't have been any point. Where do you run to on a space transporter in mid-flight? Where do you hide? And why should he need to hide anyway? He wasn't aware of having broken any serious regulations. A few recreational misdemeanors. Nothing that he thought they needed to know about. With a brief whirring sound, the door to the cell slid open. A guardian stood silhouetted against the gangway, a taser of some kind in one hand and a small tray of food in the other. She was quite young, but ugly, slab-faced and expressionless. With a twist of her neck, she motioned to Burke to step back. Without taking her eyes off him, she placed the tray down on the sleeping ledge. Even if Burke hadn't seen the single red slash on her shoulder, he would have known from the coarseness of the dark green uniform and her slovenly manner and movements that she was only a grade one, and she would likely never be anything more than that. Hers would be a life of crude, brutal service, yet also of privilege. She would never have her food resources withheld. She would never be triaged. For just a second the image of Melia flashed through his mind. Even younger, that same uniform, also grade one, though there the resemblance ended. He repressed the thought. Melia. It was not to be. It was painful to think of her. Slabface went out. The door whirred shut, and Burke turned to the food tray. They were standard ad-pop rations, neither better nor worse than what he had been eating and drinking since the ship left Terra. It wasn't a diet that you'd want to recommend to your dearest friends, or serve at a party. 
but you got the food resources that your classification entitled you to, which was fair enough. That was the way things were. Burke was classified as additional, not even as useful, population, ADPOP for short, and he was certainly not a guardian. When food resources were limited, as they frequently were, the ADPOPs wouldn't starve, but they couldn't expect to do much by way of feasting. But something was wrong here. He counted the little bars and tablets of concentrate.